Spoken Word, half an hour of poetry and performance, your connection to Melbourne's grassroots poetry scene, the voice of those of us who have nothing but our voices. Good morning and welcome to 3CR's Spoken Word. My name is Ella Fanelska and my special guest in the studio today is Ashley Russell. Welcome to Studio 2, Ashley. Thanks for having me. Um, Now, I want to straight off the bat ask you, how did you stumble into the world of poetry? Um, I actually wrote a lot of poetry as a teenager. I was very angsty. I mean, we all were, but I was super, super angsty. I um, won a competition in our local, our town has an Oktoberfest every year, Um, and I think I entered three poems and two of them got first and second, so (laughs) it's a town of, you know, 900 people. So um, that was where I first did it, and then I had a very long writer's block, and I'm talking eight years of not doing anything, and then happened to come across the spoken word scene in Melbourne via Ben Solar, who runs Melbourne Spoken Word. Um... And then slowly, and I'm slowly like four or five years into it, I actually decided to perform. Um, My first performance was at the Dan, um, and I wrote the poem on the train on the way in. (laughs) The classic, I wrote this on the tram or on the train in here. Yeah. And the Dan O'Connell is such a fantastic place to do that. I think it really embraces a first-time reader in a really inclusive way. Yeah. So quick plug for the Dan. That's on every (laughs) Saturday at 2 p.m. Um, now, Ash, without further ado, let's jump into a poem. Now, I just want to say um, before we do that um, my familiarity with Ashley's work is it is really raw and I feel that um, sort of teenage angst that's still in there and um, I really relate to that because your story about stumbling, how you stumbled into poetry is very similar to mine. Um, and I just want to give a heads up to our listeners that there um, are some um, themes that are explored that do need a little bit of a trigger warning. So, um, yeah, just be mindful of that. So this first one is, well, actually the whole, all of the poems I'm doing today are a bit of a journey of my mental health. Um, like Alice said, I am very raw in my poetry. I do tend to say it as it is. I don't feel the need to stigmatise mental illness at all. Um, So the first one actually doesn't have a title. It is one I wrote for the Dirty 30 last year. Um, And here goes. I tell my psychiatrist one fine April morning that I feel like I've cast myself in a horror movie, but I'm not the leading role. I'm not even a supporting actress. I'm just the nobody, the first one the villain kills. He says, perhaps the director got it wrong. Perhaps you're worth more than that. Indeed, your movie isn't a thriller. It's a journey of hopes and dreams. I'm unmoved by his analogy. I don't care for his opinion. I said there must be a plot twist then, and his eyes pan me like a camera, because there's evil in these hopes and dreams, and I'm not going to get out alive. I said there's more to this movie than happy endings, and I'm still the first one dead. He checks his notes and starts humming a tune like he always does. He stops to ask me if I'm taking my meds. I nod that I am, and I'm even exercising often, but it's still hard to outrun the evil when the villain is in my head. On the topic of mental health, uh, Ash, let's dive in. I, um, I've had Sandy Jeffs previously on the program and she said that she's a real advocate for reclaiming the word mad. Uh, and I know that that's a theme that we're going to be exploring today. So is there anything you'd like to say regarding that? That's a good point about reclaiming the word mad because um, we're all a little bit mad. hundred mm, um, percent. Like it's... I guess sometimes it's who can deal with it better and mm. 
Um, I've had a lot of practice in being able to deal with my madness. It's been 16 years since I was first diagnosed with some sort of mental illness. Um, and yeah, like I said, I've, I've got used to it. I'm pretty expert at it. It's something I do all the time. So yeah, but definitely taking away the stigma for it because we're all, we all either have it or know someone who has a mental illness. Mm. Um, and the, you know, it always, when a celebrity kills themselves, it's always a mm. big thing where people are like, oh, you know, why did they do this? And it's like, ask the questions first. Don't ask once they're dead. It's mm-hmm. a little bit, it's, you know, you've got to get the help. You've got to help. And asking people if they're okay um, and telling people to reach out, that gets to me because it's hard enough to get out of bed, let alone ask someone to reach out. So mm-hmm. it's more about people observing their friends, their family, and thinking, you know, she or he doesn't seem right. Yeah. Let's see if you're all right. And it even could just be like a chat. It doesn't have to be anything brutal. It doesn't have to be a therapy session. It just mm. needs to be a, how are you going? What's going on? What's going on in your life? But mm. Mm. I think people need to take accountability for other people's, um, in a way, I mean, it's sort of in a, a bit self-involved to say that other people should care about me more. But, um, yeah, I think that's what family and friends are there for and that's what the people in your life should be observing is how you are going and if it's going bad and things like that. Definitely. So So it's a little bit like the waves of the tide. So instead of you need to reach out, it's like the loved ones in your life need to lean in and read, you know, what you need. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people with me could probably tell when I'm going through a bad time because um, I tend to get either quieter on social media Mm -hmm. media or Mm -hmm. extremely you know, more noisy, I guess, with my social media. Mm. Um, my neighbours would know the phases I go through with the music I listen to. <laughs> um, that's for sure. So if they paid any attention, they might know. Um, but that's, yeah, that's... Yeah. Now, in terms of poetry, what role for you does poetry play in your mental health? Well, it's going to sound as cliche as possible, but it's a release. It is writing down how you're feeling, and it doesn't matter if you never show the work if you never talk about it again if you write it and burn it you've you've written and I think that's Mm. really important getting the release and a lot of psychiatrists and psychologists will say you know you should write out your feelings and it does sound really cliche and really like oh here we go again roll the eyes but it's Mm. it's true when you Mm. when you don't keep it all in your head Mm. um, it certainly does help so it is a release Mm. Um, it's a comfort for me too so I mean Unfortunately, though, I have find this thing where I actually write better when I'm in a bad state. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I actually haven't written very much in the last year because my mindset has been a lot better than it has been. Um, <laughs> Happiness is so bad for the poetry. <laughs> yeah, it is, and it's it's it sort of is in a way. Um, mm. So I have been trying to write recently, not so much sad, but more reflection poetry. Sort of, this is how I have felt before. Um, hence, why I'm reading some of these today. Is these of been moments where I've actually felt this bad and that's why I've written them and then if you you know we keep going along to the the last couple of poems that I read today they are very much a reflection mm. of that I got through it again mm, <laughs> so beautiful let's hear some more poetry uh this one didn't have a name until about five minutes ago because I don't tend to name my poems very often but I'm just going to call it addicted um you can work that out uh sometimes I feel like I'm addicted to pain I'm too familiar with the suffering ink etched into my skin and razor cuts too. I've broken my own heart many times and treated it like it wasn't keeping me alive. Could I be addicted to the days I can't get out of bed or the hours I spend worrying? Am I addicted to the feeling of paranoia? Do I enjoy the anxiety? It's not that I'm fond of being told I'm not good enough or that I'm not beautiful enough, 
That overindulgence of painkillers and benzos, it wasn't like I wanted the drama that followed. Do I find it almost comforting to go from good to bad and back to good only to feel bad again? My brain will tell me I don't deserve my friends. It will decide they're sick of me. When I smoke that 20th cigarette for the day, I damn well know it's not good in the long run. When I consume that one drink too many, my head tricks me into believing it will help. I'm not happy that I'm putting myself through this, but I can't seem to stop. From time to time, I'll appreciate living, and I'll even take care of myself. Sometimes I feel like I'm addicted to the pain, but maybe I'm more addicted to the recovery. I love that twist at the end, Ashley. Like, so it's looking at addiction as you know, not always being a negativity. It's really interesting. Yeah, I think I, I do tend to put in a little bit of reflection in most of my poems if I can, a bit of you know, optimism, I suppose, that it is going to be okay because I often see myself as a bit of a phoenix. I do tend to burn pretty badly, but then I do rise. Um, so, and it has, it's a noticeable cycle for me going bad and then good. But the, the thing is there's still enough good for it to be, you know, to be content with life, I suppose. So yeah. there's still enough good to... To, to outweigh the bad and I think that's why I like to mention that in my poetry a little bit. Yeah, so often when we're transitioning between those seasons of being really not okay and then being okay again, I find that um, those kind of allies in our mental health are so crucial and um, Ashley's just about to share a poem with us about her mother. Uh, so this one is called Mother um, I'm not too creative with my titles, as you might have found. Uh, This is, as Alice said, about my own mother, who has been a very big stronghold in my life. She is one of my main allies for my mental health. She was the first to notice, I suppose, um, that little 14-year-old Ashley wasn't okay. Um, So I wrote this poem. It's another Dirty 30 poem, actually. You are stronger than you think. You've got through this before. I know it hurts, baby girl, she whispered, but I couldn't love you more. My mother held me as a child and she's held me up as an adult. My mother stays awake all night if she knows it's really bad. My mother holds a heart of gold in her body that created and nurtured me. My mother holds the answers to questions I've yet to ask. You were stronger than you think. You've got through this before. I know it hurts, baby girl, she whispered, but I couldn't love you more. It was her who answered the cry when I screamed out for help. It was her who cradled me tight when I'd lost all hope. And it's her who has guided me through every peak and valley. It's her who knows the words to my song when even I've forgotten them. You were stronger than you think. You've got through this before. I know it hurts, baby girl, she whispered, but I couldn't love you more. And it was mum who saw me hurt despite acting like I was okay. It was mum who has watched me fall fast only to pick me up even faster. And it was mum who cried herself when her baby girl was hurting. It was mum who stopped me from giving up when that was all I'd known. Fighting out the dead with the speaker 
tried to shake their hands But failed to understand That on the line you have their lives But will they live or die? Slipping closer than you've ever been before The cheese is yours If you sense a trap Tempted to retract into your home Raindrops are falling on the dead Mr. Speaker Count your pennies if they do not all end up Cutting out in vain listening to 3CR's Spoken Word and I am Ella Fanelskar. This program is devoted to spoken word and poetry and you can hear us every week at 9am on a Thursday morning. I have Ashley Russell as my guest in the studio today and um, normally we as the uh, hosts decide on the music but I left it in Ashley's capable hands this morning as she is very particular about her music and I'd like her to back announce the track we just heard. Thanks, Ella. So that track was called Left Alone Standing. It's by a band called 74 Kings, which is um, a band from the Ballerine Peninsula slash Geelong. So I've recently moved to Geelong, so um, they're a local now. Um, the reason I chose that one was grunge is very raw and um, I think I you know sort of think about my poetry as being a grunge type of poetry <laughs> in a weird way. Um, so they describe themselves as grunge slash post-grunge. I just describe them as fantastic, but that's not a genre. Um, <laughs> but yes, like Alice said, very particular about my music, very 
I mean, I'm always playing music, absolutely. So it's hard to, to not have anything to do with the music choices, to be honest. And do you feel that music plays any kind of a role in your poetry or your love of poetry? It does. So I think with, I mean, poetry is just music without the instruments, isn't it, really, without mm. a backing track. Mm. Um, some poetry even includes a backing track. Um, it definitely does. I am trying to work on a poem which is nothing to do with my mental health or feminism or anything that I usually do. Um, I'm actually trying to write a poem called Power Ballad Prose, which is listening and quoting some power ballads because they're very underrated genre of music. I do love a good power ballad um, and I do believe some of the lyrics in them are our poetry. Yeah, so cool. I'm, I'm working on that. I tried to get it out for today, but I couldn't. Um, but, yeah, stay but tuned. But it's marinating. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it coming. Is. It's coming. Awesome, awesome. Um, now, I would love to hear a poem that I've heard you do, and this is the one that probably warrants the biggest trigger warning. Um, so there will be some mention of um, suicidal uh, themes um, coming up in this one. Thank you. So this one um, is if – it's, it was a little bit of risk when I wrote it because the, the first line's pretty bam in your face, but it's actually pretty funny or I've been told it's funny and, and witty and that's what I was going for because even though I think it's important if we discuss mental health and, you know, the tendencies of some people to want to kill themselves or commit suicide, I if I don't laugh sometimes I cry. So that's what, I, that's what my process was writing this poem um, was to make a really bad thing sort of humorous which is you know it's like laughing at a funeral but anyway so if I had killed myself that day I wouldn't have seen Trump become president and remain as president I wouldn't have heard that Bieber song that makes me question my usually usually impeccable taste I wouldn't have known that I can be up to date with Game of Thrones and I don't even need to watch it if I had died that day I wouldn't realise that I can still stay out till 5am and that a good beat is more intoxicating than a gin. I wouldn't know that despite my mother's opinion, I still believe that making one's bed in the morning is pointless. I wouldn't have discovered I can actually cut out carbs and not lose my mind, at least not completely anyway. If I had killed myself that day, I wouldn't have found out that 61% of people admit to peeing in the shower and that's perfectly okay. I wouldn't have done that BuzzFeed quiz to find out exactly what flavour of cupcake I would be. It's strawberry, in case you're wondering. I wouldn't have realised that it can be really hard to remember your own poetry, but easy enough to remember every word from a 20-year-old song. If I had died that day, I would have never felt that moment of shame when I had to ask a visiting tradie to open my jar of salsa. I wouldn't have ever become an overlord of my sims and watched them die simultaneously on fire and wetting themselves. I wouldn't be here to share that special moment with my cat when we both go to the toilet at the same time. If I'd killed myself that day, I wouldn't have found out that a seven-year-old knows 3,100 words, but my nephew's favourite word is why. I would not have been able to have minor disagreements with major idiots in the comment section. I would never have been able to finally concede that anyone can wear leggings as pants. I wouldn't have been here to sit in the sun or dance in the rain we hear a song for the first time. I wouldn't have been able to taste new foods or feel butterflies in my tummy or kiss new lips for the first time. If I had killed myself that day, not only would I have not been able to say this, I wouldn't have found out that I even could. If I had died that day, not only would I not be here, I wouldn't even know what here is. 
I wouldn't be here to love and be loved and cry for love and want to leave for love, but most importantly, stand up and fight for love. If I'd killed myself that day, I wouldn't have found out that I can be proud of the scars on my wrist because they are a constant reminder that I got through this. I wouldn't have realised I can finally answer no when she asks if I still want to kill myself. If I'd killed myself that day, I wouldn't have known that some people are worth living for and that one of those people is me. That was Ashley Russell reading her piece, If I Had. Um, Ashley, you've mentioned something called the Dirty 30 a couple of times. Um, Could you speak to us about what that is and what role it's had in your creative process? Yep. So the Dirty 30 is something I I successfully completed last year. Um, In 2017, I did the full 30 days. It's prompts um, daily by a local Melbourne poet. Um, I found it was really helpful to do. It's a really good prompt. Um, Sometimes I need prompts, honestly. I know I've got the words in my head, um, but, you know, having a random prompt that I probably wouldn't have thought about is really good. Um, Actually, funnily enough, the last couple of weeks I have been writing really awful poems every day for a friend. Um, It started as a joke to bless him, but now I've done – I did it for two weeks and they were terrible – but I, I wrote every day, which is not something I do. So that was, you know, a, its own dirty 30 in July, August. Yeah, and sometimes I feel like when we're given prompts that we normally wouldn't lean into, it can stretch us um, yeah, and I surprise think, us yeah. with the results. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I definitely got some poems out of that too that I read today that I just I probably wouldn't have thought of how to, you know, to do it. So it's good. And reading everyone else's is really good too. Um it's not just Melbourne either. It's around the world. There's mm. people involved and it's, yeah. I and mean, this year I wasn't very successful, but it is what it is. <laughs> so now Ashley's going to share a spoken word piece by someone else. Um, can you tell us a little bit about it first, Ashley? Yeah. So this is by an Australian singer called Odette. It's actually most of her songs are just songs, but this one is is very spoken word-ish. Um So she's originally from England. She's not French at all, even though her name sounds like it is. But this piece is just, it's, it did actually inspire me to write something, just hearing it, because it is, you know, it's, it sounds like something you could do, you know, at the brunny or something, your local spoken word day. Um, So that's, this is why I've chosen this one. So it's called Watch Me Read You by Odette. Watch me read you The turning pages of an epic Dissected hallucinogenic Black coffee addict Life ended lies cold On that metal tray wasting away I watch him sneer at me From beyond the grave I hear him call for me Watch me read you I get scared when it falls dark The creeping shadows up my arm The sneaking scarecrows work their charm It's circumstantial The way I blink when you get mad Feel disarmed when you get sad But turn to run when we fall back On old behaviours When the flavour turns from sweet to sour That's the hour that I seek The heavy hearts and tired treats With words of hatred watch it seep Through skin like sap through bark I cower in the dark till your return When will I learn? We never wanted to be More than just a silhouette Breathing a smoke from others Mars and lying in the so make a promise, but then later we can just forget It's hard to let your breath out when you start holding it She'll go, oh, cut her through the window oh, It's her, oh, 
Another ghost, another day of melancholy UV rays and heavy eyelids. You just decided not to care, compressed your fears and cut your hair, lifted your shirt to find there's nothing there. Now read me. Red wine, copper stain with curly hair and crazy eyes, impulsive mouth. She loves the rain, but not the dark. You feel insane. The overpass is wet with blood. She turns to you to say, Hey, we can't exist. And in that moment, It's just bliss. It's like you've missed a thousand years, and as you kiss, it's like you drift between here and there, between real and fake. As I hold my breath, I can't see your face. Watch me read me, read you, read them, read us. Everyone's a burning book on trust and lust and love and what we are and what we're made of. We never wanted to be more than just a silhouette, breathing the smoke from others' minds and lying in the dirt. So make a promise, but then later we can just forget. It's hard to let your breath out when you're used to holding in. She'll go cut her through the window. It's her, maybe it's a shadow. You never wanted to be more than just a silhouette, but when you grab the light, reflects and I see you again. So don't you see me? Oh, surround me. It's getting harder, babe, to focus on just one thing. It's enigmatic, truly astounding. The way we stand together, but we are still drifting. You are so absurd, but you consume me. And when the sun goes down, the night it wraps around me. You try to stand still. Just a silhouette, breathing the smoke from others' minds and lying in the dirt. So make a promise, but then later we can just forget. It's hard to let your breath out when you're used to holding it. She'll go, cut her through the window. It's her, maybe it's a shadow. You never wanted to be more than just a silhouette, but when you grab the light, it flicks and I see you again. I see you again. I watch you read me. The burning pages of my life reduced to ash, and overnight I find my body is not mine. You're listening to Melbourne's 3CR Spoken Word and my guest in the studio this morning has been Ashley Russell. I am your host, Ella Fenelska, and we are approaching the end of the program today. Um, We've had a really powerful half an hour full of vulnerability and strength Um, and I'd just like to thank Ashley for sharing her lived experience so generously with us. Thank you very much for having me. You're welcome. Anytime. We're going to have to have you come in again for sure. 
Um, I'd just like to say that if you have been inspired by this morning's program and you want to get out to some spoken word gigs yourself, try your hand on the open mic, please do so. Um, The best way to find out about all the happenings are through Melbourne Spoken Word. So you can just chuck that into the Googles or find the Facebook group as well, just melbournespokenword.com. And yes, hear you and speak to you next time.